Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we take a look at what you need to know to buy tickets in 2020 or 2021 during Disney's reopening, and also whether visiting Disney World is worth it right now, given the ticket prices. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast and receive bonus content, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. And if you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can contact me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net and i can help you book your trip at no cost to you email us anytime disneydeciphered at gmail.com tweet at us at wwdeciphered on twitter or find us on our facebook page disney deciphered thanks and enjoy the show hi i'm joe from as joe flies and i'm leslie from trips with tykes Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So the parks have reopened and we've been going through our Disney reopening essentials. And we decided to take a look at, you know, how tickets are different right now at Disney World right now. They are mostly the same as they've been, but there are some little nuances and little things that can trip you up if you're planning a vacation. So we thought we can go through the ticket situation pretty quickly and then also talk a little bit about whether Disney World is worth it in our estimation right now, given that the ticket prices haven't dropped. But a lot of things are missing from the parks as we've discussed in prior episodes. So before we get started, Leslie, let's just do a few like kind of ticket reminders about the basics. So let's start with what is date-based pricing for Disney World tickets? What exactly does that mean? Just in case people didn't hear our ticket episode from way back when. That's right. So Disney World currently now prices the tickets based upon the first day that you plan to spend in the parks. It's quite complicated (laughs) because most people will say, you know, I'm going to the parks. Um, I'm going to buy a three-day ticket. I'm going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But the reality is you have a couple of extra days, depending upon how long your ticket is to use those days on your ticket. So you can go Friday, Saturday, and Monday. So people sometimes can buy a ticket that doesn't necessarily start on the first day that they plan to be in the parks. But this gets into like Disney 201 or 301, right, Joe? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you like, if you are looking at certain days, you're probably going to save like a couple of dollars per day in either direction, like if you start on a Monday or Tuesday. So generally, that doesn't matter. But what does matter is, you know, what time of the year you're going. So if you go around Christmas, the tickets are going to be the most expensive. If you go around like September or May or something like that, the tickets will be cheaper. And so that's kind of the most important thing about date-based pricing. Yes, you can save a couple dollars here and there, depending on what days you're actually going to use your tickets. But for most users, it's not worth the hassle. And for those who it is worth the hassle for, they probably already know how to kind of game that already. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, but definitely just pay attention to the dates. And I did happen to peek at the calendar and was shocked to see the differential. I mean, it really is bigger than it ever has been before. And this is Disney trying to manipulate crowds and make the most of supply and demand. So if you want to go the day before Christmas, it's one day ticket is $159. And you can find plenty of days that are under $100 if you're going on a multi-day ticket at a less popular time of year. Yeah. And speaking of Disney trying to control who's in the parks on what days, post-pandemic, they have really taken that to the next level. So if someone is planning a Disney vacation and hasn't done so in a long while, tell us a little bit about what this Park Pass reservation system is, Leslie. 
So now in COVID times, it's not enough just to buy a ticket. You also have to make a reservation for the park that you want to enter that day. And right now here in 2020, there is no park hopping. So you make a reservation for Magic Kingdom and you're at Magic Kingdom only for the day or Epcot, you're at Epcot only for the day. So you have to not only purchase your ticket, but also check and make sure that there's park pass availability, reservation availability for the park of your choice on that given day. And, you know, right now it still is mostly wide open for the fall and into the holidays. That will change. And of course, Disney can change its park capacity. They could open it up or perhaps they could even contract it based upon what they have now if something's not working or things change. So that's something to uh, definitely take a look at. And if you if you don't have an annual pass, if you're buying regular tickets, you're going to generally be able to find availability at one of the parks if you do it reasonably in advance. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of availability for people who are not annual pass holders. If you're an annual pass holder, it sometimes sells out far in advance. But for regular ticket holders or people who are staying on site, there has been a lot of good luck or space, I guess, to get park pass reservations for days all the way up until like a week before. So I anticipate that'll probably just get better or stay the same since Disney will probably slowly begin to open up uh, reservation capacity, but we'll see about that. To be continued. So let's talk a little bit about the tickets for 2020. So for the last few months of 2020, and this runs all the way through tickets that start on December 31st, it's a little bit different right now. The longest ticket that you can book is seven days long. Normally 10 day tickets is the longest that you can get. So for the rest of 2020, you can only get seven day tickets as a max. There's no park hopping. So part of this park pass reservation system is because you're declaring which park you're going on which day, you cannot park hop to another park. There's one kind of small exception, which is if you had tickets during dates that were scheduled to start during the closure, but you didn't cancel them, your ticket usage has actually been extended to September 26th. And I have not seen anyone prove this yet, but I feel like those tickets are actually going to operate like old school Disney tickets in the sense that if you have a four day ticket, you might be able to go like one day tomorrow, one day in March, two days before September 26th. Like I think those tickets are a little bit of a unicorn, but you know, it's a very rare situation. Reading the fine print about how Disney described them, I think that might be possible. Now I'm kicking myself for not buying a ticket (laughs) in advance (laughs) last spring or something like that. But yeah, I guess if you have something already, you you might find that they're more flexible than, than you could ever expect. Yeah, test it out, see what happens. But any tickets for post opening, like will not work like that. They'll just work for whatever dates uh, they're supposed to work for. So it's like only these special unicorn tickets that were not usable because of the park closure. So now 2021 is a little bit different. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with 2021 tickets. So in 2021, you can go back to the up to 10 day ticket, but right now those are only valid through September 26, 2021. That's sort of, I guess, the date Disney thinks the pandemic is going to end (laughs) in September. I'm really hoping it's sooner than that or like substantially better sooner than that. But yeah, everything sort of is, is through September 26th. And if you have a 10 day ticket with 14 days of availability, then you have to get it for the September 13th through the September 26th window. So tell us about that, Joe. 
it's just weird. Like I'm pretty sure it'll work eventually, but right now, if you want a 10 day ticket, the latest you can buy it for is starting on September 13th. And I think that's just because Disney doesn't want to reveal what they want to do after the 26th. But I think, like you said, I'll be a little more cynical. I think they think the pandemic will be over enough by September 26th, 2021, that they can raise the prices on tickets on all of us. So I don't expect any of the tickets sold before September 26th, 2021 to go up in price. But being that it's the 50th anniversary next year, et cetera, et cetera, I bet you that the prices will look much higher for tickets starting on September 27th. But we'll see. Going back to 10-day tickets is not the only change for the 2021 tickets. What else are we getting back with 2021? We are getting back park hopper tickets, or at least theoretically, those are being sold for now. And we have no idea how park hopping is going to work in a COVID world when we still have the park pass reservation system and what that's going to mean for capacity, what that's going to mean for crowds. If people can say, for example, hop at will to Hollywood studios, maybe in the afternoon. And that park of course gets pretty tight of at least the most tight of all four of them. So this is a big question mark. And I think a lot of us are watching and waiting to see how Disney is going to handle it. And I mean, it could still be a while until Disney announces how this is all going to run. So this 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 is a big question mark for me. What about you, Joe? Yeah, it's definitely a question mark how park hopping will work. One thing that does not feel like a question mark to me is I do not think this park pass reservation system is ever going to go away. I think Disney would have happily implemented this in not negative circumstances. Like they would have been happy to know who's going to what parks on what days. But I think one kind of silver lining to this gigantic dark cloud that uh, Disney has been going through is that they've been able to implement this park pass reservation system. No one has really complained about it except for annual pass holders a little bit. And I think it's going to be here to stay. So whatever they decide to do with park hopping, I think park pass reservation system will be part of it. So crazy prediction. I'm going to go on record, Joe. This is a chance for Disney to stratify out tickets even more. They can charge people a whole lot more to have an unrestricted no park pass needed annual pass or ticket. And then the rest of us with limited budgets will be stuck with the uh, park pass ticket. This is the basic economy of Disney tickets. They already have those date flexible tickets that you can buy, like you can pay extra to go on whatever date you want and not worry about what your start date is, even though you'll still have the limit of how many days you have to use them. So yeah, I think that's a great call. I, I'm i not going to go as far out on a limb because I let you do that on this podcast. But yeah, I would not be surprised if you uh, turn up being correct on that one. Thanks, Joe. You just give me just enough rope to hang myself with <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want you to have all the glory when okay. you're correct. So okay. uh, going back to the changes for 2021, another thing that we heard this week was that Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, at least one of them, Disney will try to reopen on March 7th. So starting March 7th, the Park Hopper Plus option is available again. So can you uh, remind us what the Park Hopper Plus option is? So the Park Hopper Plus option is the Park Hopper with a lot of different extras that a lot of people still don't know about. This is the water parks. This is the NBA experience, the ESPN wild world of sports. Say that fast 10 times. The golf and then the mini golf. There are too many golf courses as well. So this gives you basically extra days to do some of these 
second tier kind of attractions. So if you buy, for example, a three day ticket, you get three allotments to these extra attractions. So you could do two mini golf courses and one water park or something like that. Yeah. And these things are not like dated or timed. So you can do like two in one day if you want, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. So the park hopper plus option will be back. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, Volcano Bay has been doing fine at Universal, so I'm a little surprised they're waiting until March to reopen Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, but then again, it's going to be winter soon. Maybe they just would just as well wait until March to reopen since numbers of people who go to those water parks during the winter aren't that high anyway. Yeah, I think that's right, and Universal needs Volcano Bay that much more with only two theme parks and Disney, of course, has four. So it's probably just a question of capacity and then pay off for that capacity. So, Joe, we have always advocated that Disney travelers book their hotel and park tickets separately to save money. And we have not been fans of the Disney package. Has that changed in COVID times? So I think it is different, at least for 2020. Now, the prerequisite for this is that you are staying on site. However, if you're staying on site, I do think it's more beneficial to have a package right now. Of course, if you're staying off site, we always recommend using Undercover Tourist or Getaway Today or something like that to buy your tickets. You can save a few dollars there. But I think in 2020, at least, booking a package is better for peace of mind because Disney has extended its fee-free cancellation policy all the way through 2020. So basically, you can cancel your hotel and your tickets the day before you're supposed to check in and then you don't lose your deposit or anything like that. So I think this book with confidence thing that Disney and all the travel people are doing right now really makes it beneficial to have a package right now. And on top of that, having a package allows you to change your ticket types and dates without having to, you know, kind of worry about going through uh, either cast members or with undercover tourists, it's like near impossible to change the number of days or at least the dates of your tickets. So, you know, I think having the package right now You're going to pay a little more for like a little bit of peace of mind. But during these COVID times where you might cancel, it's a lot of peace of mind when you're booking with Disney right now for only like maybe $40, $50 max per person extra. Probably not even that much. Yeah, that flexibility is key right now. I mean, I'm not booking anything that locks me in travel wise, whether it be Disney or airfare or hotels or vacation rentals. So I think that definitely is good. And of course, I'll put in the shameless self-promotion plug for you, Joe. You can help anyone who is looking to book these kind of no cancellation packages if they're staying on site at Disney, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm happy to help you cancel as well. I've had a couple of clients cancel and I totally understand. So I do appreciate the peace of mind. And honestly, as a travel agent, it makes me feel more comfortable booking packages for people knowing that they can back out if they don't feel comfortable going right now uh, without losing out. And I would not be surprised if this gets extended a month or two in 2021, but we'll see kind of how Disney is feeling at the time. Now, going back to how to save money on tickets if you're buying tickets only, if you buy your tickets through Disney, you probably can make some changes on those tickets. You definitely can add days to the tickets by the time you get on site. You will never lose the value of those. With undercover tourists, it'll probably be the same, but you'll just have to jump through a few more hoops. My worry personally for buying undercover tourist tickets for myself right now is I just don't want to lock myself in if I'm not sure that I'm going to go. You know, I did have undercover tourist tickets up for a trip that got canceled and I did get my money back minus like a 5% restocking fee. But you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not ready to like commit to anything right now. So 
I don't mind buying tickets last minute, especially because I don't have to worry about FastPass Plus right now. But I guess that's where I'm at. But what about you, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, I like the flexibility. I guess the one danger if you do wait to buy tickets is that park pass availability can be gone, especially if you're going during a popular time. That's the the thing you have to watch out for if your availability to go on a certain day or, you know, you have is limited or you must go to one park and you can't get that park. Definitely. Like if you are like considering going at Christmas or something this year, just get a package through Disney. You can cancel it. Like I said, the day before, if you're not going to go, but you don't want to like buy tickets from undercover tourists, save like 30 bucks, but then like at Christmas time, decide you don't want to go. And then you don't know what you're going to have to do with them. And, you know, I, I think it's just too much stress, at least for me in these times. Like if, if this was last year or 2019, we were talking, I probably would take those risks, but I just, you know, my mental bandwidth is just too low right now to deal with all that, which kind of brings us to our last thing we want to talk about in the episode today, Leslie, which is the fact that Disney has not lowered their ticket prices at all. And I think it's an honest question to ask, you know, is it worth it to go to Disney World right now? So before we share our kind of thoughts and views, Leslie and I want to just share a couple of comments from listeners who reached out to us and let us know how their trips were going. So Leslie, do you want to take the first one? Sure. So one of our patrons, Rob T, told us that his trip was great, but he could definitely tell some things were closed or not operating. And he definitely could realize there were things that were missing from a normal trip. But the lack of crowds and loaded on existent wait times, even on the busiest days, was amazing and more than made up for it. So he was really impressed by how much less crowded it was after the Labor Day weekend was over. And he said he realized at one point in Animal Kingdom that in all directions, his group were the only people that they could see. So and he walked on Flight of Passage. So I'm super jealous of Rob T. Yeah, that whole like looking around and not seeing anyone else, that's that's like wild. Like I think that's only happened to me like maybe once or twice and that's when you know we were at like media events together and they only had like a couple hundred people in at a time. So, yeah, that's pretty wild. And so just to clarify, Rob T was there over Labor Day weekend and he was texting me during Labor Day weekend and he was saying like even then the crowds didn't feel that bad, but then like he said in the email it was just even more empty uh, after the Labor Day weekend crowds we're gone. Uh, another listener, Sarah M reached out and she drove a pretty long way. I won't say where she lives, but I'll say she lives further away from Disney than I do. She drove a very long way, was in the park for three days and she thought it was totally worth it. She said that she ended up making a very last minute decision to go. She didn't even buy her tickets until she got there. Part of the hesitation was she wasn't sure if she felt safe doing it. But now that she's been, she says, I would 100% go back under these current conditions. Disney is doing everything they possibly can to make everything go smoothly. And I was so impressed. Another good mention is that this is probably a really good time to go if you wanted to do all the rides in a park that you've never been able to do before. The lack of crowds and distancing in lines is an introvert's dream. You know, I relate to that, Sarah. Uh, I definitely feel that. You know, one thing she mentioned to me uh, when I was talking to her later about clarification is, and actually Rob said this as well, the limited food options can be a little bit of an issue. And, you know, definitely the lack of like nighttime spectaculars and stuff like that are definitely missing right now. But still, in terms of the actual attractions, getting to ride so many attractions, I think uh, made it worth it for really everyone I've heard who's gone down has said the experience was worth it. So what do you think, Leslie, if you were in a place where you could get to Disney pretty easily and pretty safely, you know, do you feel like it's still worth it, even though the ticket prices have not dropped at all? 
Great question. I mean, if I was closer, I definitely would consider it because I am someone who really does like riding the rides. And my kids are at the age now and they're big enough that we could get a lot of value out of that. But I mean, I have personally heard some less than enthusiastic experiences from, you know, blogger friends or just Disney friends, you know, who are super fans. And the biggest complaint that I've heard is the heat with the masks right now. Obviously, that's going to change as we get into the fall. But a lot of people said, yes, it was great, you know, getting to ride all these attractions, but they were really physically uncomfortable. And interestingly, their kids were okay. It was the grownups that were suffering. And so that's something to think about because, you know, you and I have talked about how hot it is. And I'm still not sure I could go in September or even maybe October I'd be looking November, December just to avoid the heat. What about you, Joe? I mean, on the heat, I do. Now that I'm thinking about it, like there was a definite cold wave in New England. Uh, the time that Rob and Sarah were there, they were like kind of there during consecutive times, uh, if I have my dates right. So I wonder if it was a little cooler in Florida when they were there. Although Rob did mention that, you know, they would just stop to drink and uh, they were okay. But yeah, same thing kind of thing that your friend said, you know, his four-year-old, he said was totally fine during the uh, whole entire trip. So I think the thing that kind of mitigates the heat for me is the fact that it's just getting cooler and cooler. One of my concerns right now, I would say that if the lines are what they are right now, and I could get to Disney World pretty easily, like it would be totally worth it for me to go right now. Like I had like a inkling to go last week. And I'm sorry, patrons, I still owe you like a description of what I was planning to do for that trip. It's just been crazy with school starting, but I'll get that done as soon as I can for all of you. But I was going to be there. And if I had gone there that week, I think it would have been like a really great experience because the lines would have been low and things like that. However, lines really do seem to be ticking up. Crowds seem to be getting bigger. Uh, Sarah said she didn't wait longer than 30 minutes for any attraction, which is great. But I think it's going to start getting worse. And, you know, I have like a small eye looking at November for after I'm done, like coaching soccer and stuff like that to go then. But I'm like, if the trends for crowds just keeps ticking up, like by November, the lines might be so long that it's no longer worth going for me. I guess that's a long way of saying if the lines are short, I think the prices are worth it for me. But Once the lines get back to like 30, 40 minutes on average, I think at that point, it's kind of no longer worth it to me, especially without the nighttime spectaculars and stuff like that, which is some of my favorite things. Yeah, I totally agree. And especially for people like us who know how to hack the lines on regular trips, even in more crowded times, that just would not be worth it. That would be an absolute no-go for me because I don't think I ever wait in a line longer than 30 minutes at Disneyland or at Disney World unless it's something like a brand new attraction, right? Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Wear Away, I would wait more than 30 minutes for, but that's really about it. You know, that's funny. That just made me think like, I wonder if I will have less fun because I'm not hacking the lines. Like maybe, I wonder if that will take away from the experience for me. It totally will. You're going to be like, what am I supposed to do with my fingers? I can't like keep swiping down on my phone to try to fast, fast refresh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not fast, fast refreshing. Like that's, I mean, who amongst us has not gone to Disney world just to manically pull down on their phone to get a fast pass? You know, that that's the whole reason why I go. So, you know, you bring, you bring up a great point. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with our traditional Disney do or don't. 
All right. So I have a Disney don't, and it comes from the Facebook page that like the travel agency I have uh, has for all of its travel agents. And so someone posted a picture of the pop century food court and gift shop right after park closing. And it was insanely packed. So my Disney don't is don't try to eat dinner like right after park closing times, especially because some of them now kind of close around the same time. Originally, they were all staggered by an hour, but they're a lot closer now. Don't do it. Either eat in the park or wait until later. That way you'll kind of avoid the rush. It's going to be a huge bottleneck when everyone leaves the parks, gets back to Pop Century or you know Caribbean Beach. You know, all these moderate and value resorts that have food courts, uh, they're just going to be slammed at park closing. So either eat in the park before you go or wait until later. Great advice, Joe. All right. Like we said last episode, you know, we'd be really interested to hear if you have gone and whether you've thought it's been worth it. You know, we'd also be interested what would make it not worth it for you. Is it just the lines or is it still worth it as long as the lines are, you know, less than, I don't know, X amount of time? Let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you forlornly looking at your phone, wishing that FastPass Refresh still existed. Thanks, Jeff. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.